The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max NXT Review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling of the Max NXT Review for November 29th, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling podcasts. That's right, we're adding some. We're making sure we maintain the best ones that you love. And plus, you know, it's always entertaining to find many multiple versions of what you like to call wrestling. So we've got plenty of it. We even have a Progress Wrestling podcast we have like we said the nxt raw smackdown all those great things plus we even have some other interesting podcasts on the network that you don't want to miss out like on like video games we also got pro football soccer heck we even have the world of entertainment included so Trust me, just tons of great stuff over there on WTMNet.com. Plus, don't forget to go give us some love to Formula1Mania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com. Both great supporters of ours, and we appreciate all that they do for us, too. And, of course, once again, don't forget to go subscribe, rate, and review to all our Wrestling of the Max podcasts by just searching out just that, the name of the show, Wrestling of the Max. Or you can also go to the WTM Network, subscribe, rate, and review there, and get all the great content that I just mentioned about WTMNet.com. I, of course, am Gary Vaughn, and along with me is your host, Paul Leeser. hey And, Paul, we are doing a double NXT tonight, but, yep. you know, one of them is super great. I'm excited about talking about it. You've been waiting two weeks to talk oh. about it. Oh, boy. So I know you're ready to get this thing going tonight. The, the hype train is rolling, as Gary said. Of course, we're doing two episodes. We're doing last week's episode in conjunction with this week's, because obviously Thanksgiving was last week, and... Lord knows, after I ate, I was uh, in absolutely zero condition to do a podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, you not only had a great Thanksgiving, but you also threw in a big hockey game where you helped root on the team to, to get the big victory there. So, yeah, yeah, good old Stars uh, managed to pull one out. Uh, maybe not a convincing win against the Flames uh, at the game I went to, but they they did it, and that's what counts. So <laughs> they, they they finished strong, right? And, they did. And so, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, you... Uh, Sagan gets the hat trick, which is nice too. And if you don't know anything about hockey, then me and Gary just bored you for three minutes. So. <laughs> exactly. But I'll, I'll say this: you know, the tradition in hockey. If you're not a rest hockey fan, uh, they you know, of course, you get three goals. People throw their hats on the ice, mm-hmm. and every time that happens. And no fail if I'm with my dad or my dad's around and they talk about hat tricks. He goes, why would you waste a perfectly good hat? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you wear your cheap hats there, Dad. It's true. So. It's true. Uh, enough about hats, though. Let's uh, let's put on our NXT reviewing hat here, Gary, and dive on in. Uh, and fortunately, we don't have a whole ton to talk about on this last week's episode following TakeOver War Games because it's mostly just video package recaps. Um which are all great. Uh, they do a great job, I think, of touching over everything and uh, sort of setting some stuff up for next week. Like we get a video package of the Street Profits partying outside of Full Sail and they run into Sabatelli and Moss again and they're they're going to have a rematch on next week's NXT. Uh, so that's, that's kind of exciting, I guess. But everything else is just sort of uh, 
pushing the pace along before we get into these matches. Yeah, and that's what this episode usually always revolves around because they film this episode before the big pay-per-view event, right? Mm -hmm. So there's only going to be a limited amount of matches. This is basically the pre-show. So they fill it in with all the nice little pieces of the puzzle that, you know, finished out what happened on that pay-per-view. So that, I, I think they did a great job and to kind of hype, hype you up for the hype, bro. And Excuse me, hype, bro. Oh, my God. I'm going crazy. For, <laughs> for this big match, you know, they, you have Moss and you have Sabatelli just really getting things going and trying to antagonize things between them and, and, and of course, this entire gang of people partying. My God, what, what a brave two souls they were. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it, it was fine what it was. It was good. It gets you ready for the next week. But yeah, this is all filler just to get you into these matches. Absolutely. Yeah. And the uh, the first one up is women's action as Ruby Riot takes on Sonya Deville, who are now obviously no longer on NXT. They're on the main roster with Sonya being over there on Raw and Ruby leading the newly dubbed Riot Squad with two T's for whatever reason over on the blue brand. And here we get about a nine-minute affair, Sonya really targeting Ruby's, uh, I believe, her right arm, if I remember correctly, uh, and just really trying to take her out of the game with that and, and neutralize her, and it just it doesn't work. Ruby ends up fighting back, uh, fights out of a submission hold by making it to the ropes, and manages to hit it in Zaguri to knock her out and get the victory. Uh, and what was probably, I think, the best match I've ever seen Sonya Deville have. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's really definitely come a long way, right, Paul? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we talked about her quite a bit and, and saying, what is it going to take to get her on track, to get her crisp, to get her to where she needs to be, to actually matter in NXT? But not only that, when they do move her on to the main roster and how things go like that. And I, I don't think that this match uh, does her any discredit. She's still got a ways to go. She's not perfect. This is a, definitely a good start. I think this is a match that really should shows that there is some promise there and we're not stagnant in this whole state of being green and not really reaching the level she needs. I think this is a great start. And especially for the fact that I guess this is the send off, right? I mean, if what I would assume the send off match to the main roster. So I think it was fine for her. And of course, Ruby Riot does her thing and you kind of know what you get when you get Ruby Riot. I don't think there's anything different here. No, no, I think she's great, and I mean, she's got a completely different attitude now on the main roster, so if you're going to go back and watch this, having never watched NXT before, or never seen Ruby Riot or Heidi Lovelace out on the indie scene, um, you're getting a very, very different picture of her on television right now, so. Uh, and, and then we're going to get to this match, which, um, after it was over, I was really, really feeling bad for whoever was going to open TakeOver, because the crowd was just, you know dead after this one (laughs) (laughs) Pete Dunne defends the UK title against Johnny Gargano uh, in a match that was set up by William Regal the week before as an open challenge and all this other great stuff and uh, my god Gary that these two just absolutely go out there and destroy every well maybe not destroy expectations because you know you have two great workers in there you're going to get something great but a, a phenomenal sprint all the way through and a lot of great storytelling thrown in, too, with Gargano trying to play smart uh, throughout the match, trying not to get caught up in, in what's been sort of keeping him down. And he manages to do that. He just can't put Pete Dunne away for the life of him because, you know, the bruiser weight is just a, a gosh darn murderer. 
Yeah, hey, that, that's definitely uh, simply put, and, and honestly, a, a great. Well, let's just be honest. A great name to stamp on, Pete Dunn. Uh, it, it, this whole match, you're right, had a story. That story is that Gargano is a great talent. He's a great wrestler. He gave you all he had, but yet he can never finish the climb to the top of the mountain. He still slides right down as he meets the peak, and you feel bad for him. But then again, it, it just showcases that he is, you know – not there yet for some reason. And a guy like Pete Dunn is. Uh, Pete Dunn has just been extraordinary. He's been a guy that is just really surprised. I think some American fans, they, they may not have really paid attention to this guy because he's been in the UK for so long and he's been doing what's well, very young. I say so long, but in his career, he's still very, very young. He's, I, I don't even, he may have started wrestling when he was 18 or something like that. But is when he made his 14, oh, I. God, that's crazy. They, they're they allowed to wrestle, I guess, earlier over there in the UK. But brilliant guy. I think you're right. This whole match was just a great track, uh, just a, a lot of fun to watch. The highs and the lows were always there to really get you pumped up. Because trust me, sometimes when there's a lull in a match, you kind of feel like, okay, I'm kind of bored a little bit. I've seen this. No, even the low parts of this match were exciting. Your blood was pumping because, man, these guys were not slow pacing it. They were going move to move to move. It was very high energy. I, I can't say enough about the match itself. It, I could go move by move if I really wanted to, but I'm not going to because I think people need to watch this to really understand where we're coming from. You, you can't listen to Paul or I and have us go mad move on move and really get but what you need to understand is the story behind this does matter the finish to this match i think matters a lot because p dunn stands tall as a uk champion is very impressive against a guy in johnny gargano who deserves everyone's respect i, I think so much of him even more now that i've seen him in nxt saw a little bit of him on the indies johnny wrestling was always great on the indie circuit but you see him in nxt and you just see the way he's kind of provided himself an opportunity here by getting into the WWE style, but never really losing what Johnny wrestling is all about. And that's what makes me so happy. I I think what's so impressive about Gargano is that for the better part of a year now, since he started showing up on the big shows in NXT, he's legitimately putting on the best matches, uh, whether it's in a tag team or a singles outfit or, or whatever he is, absolutely crushing it every time he gets to go out there. Uh, And you could maybe attribute that to him getting a lot of big opportunities out there on the independents and just being comfortable in that role already. But I, I, it's hard for me to think of somebody who has been the best and most consistent wrestler on the UK or on the UK. Wow. Excuse me. The NXT scene more so than Johnny Gargano, at least since maybe Sami Zayn or, or Neville has left. Yeah, I think you're completely right about that. And it's so interesting the route that they're taking him because you saw the way they did take those other two guys and really took him to the top of the mountain. And NXT and Gargano is not even really close to that, but yet he has that work rate. Yet he has that popularity because you could see in the crowd people love this guy, and I love him watching it at home. So I think there's going to be some bigger and better things for him in the future. Really curious about this whole mind play with him, though. We'll talk about that pretty soon here. I think in this next episode of NXT, we'll talk about in a second. But I think this is a very interesting story. This is what NXT does so good. They 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 
really kind of get you pumped up after a big match, and then they start flowing right into the story. They don't hesitate. They don't bore you with recap, recap. Nope, we're going to go right into it. I'm excited about this. And I can't wait to see where Pete Dunne's going to. Uh, and to, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more about Pete Dunne in the next episode because he's on that as well. But uh, Pete Dunne, to me, is one of the most must-see people in wrestling right now. Uh, who is either who's not signed to the WWE as far as being on the main roster on NXT every week. Um, every time he comes on a show, to me it feels special. I feel like people are super hyped, and it makes every like every single one of his appearances like it just feels like you're a part of something very unique and special. Because I mean, him being over here in the states isn't something that's always guaranteed, you know. Uh, and I this match and, and the one we're going to talk about and. Um, some other select occasions I can think of of him wrestling in the States is just, it, it always feels like, uh, it, it feels like a big deal. You know, it feels like something really special that you're about to watch. You're exactly right. And I think that's a big reason why they had him on Raw a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I think because they understand that. They, they see your point exactly, that this guy is a name that is prevalent amongst the people in the UK, but not only that, some of the, the you know people that really follow closely to the world of wrestling like us and really understand who Pete Dunne is, and that was a huge moment for him to step out on the on Monday Night Raw and, and make his point known that hey, I'm here, and just to let you guys know, this isn't going to be all the time. So if you want me, you better come find me. And I love that part about it because now you, you you've got a mainstream audience out there who's really curious who that guy was. They'll be excited the next time he pops up, and it just—I can't get enough of Pete Dunne. I'm such a big supporter of his. There's very few guys out there that I could sit here and say, "Oh man, I just want to get their merchandise right away, right now." And the Bruiserweight is one of them, just like Alistair Black. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, so I'll save what else I want to talk about Pete Dunne for later, uh, because he's main eventing this next episode of NXT, which is this week, so the the 29th. Um, this is from the San Antonio show that they did the night before out at the Aztec Theater that was competing with Ring of Honor. Uh, and for one, I I want to talk about the venue, first of all, because this is something I kind of wish they would do more, even on the main roster at times, but at least in NXT, as much as uh, Full Sail is their home and you know all the stuff is already set up and everything, I really love watch re- watching wrestling shows in these different venues and especially venues that are just not at all built for wrestling right like this is clearly a concert venue and everything's so sort of squashed together but they make it work and to me that's always so cool to figure out how wrestling promotions make these different venues work and this is something i'd really love to see nxt do more often is maybe do a a couple tapings you know at, at a select different venue you know maybe once or twice or four times a year uh, something like this maybe after a takeover where you have the 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 sort of review episode with all the pre-show stuff and then maybe you show some stuff from a house show you did the the during that week or something like that like th- this was just such a nice breath of fresh air i can't get enough and i can't speak highly enough about this because i, I to me it's just one of the really really neat things about not only independent wrestling but just any time a promotion can do something like this 
You're exactly right, and, and I'm a big person when it comes to setting, when it comes to really getting the feel that this is something different, and, and I'm right there with you. You know, I'm trying to think of the, the term to use, the right vocabulary. I don't know if it's avant-garde or it's uh, – I, I like the idea, uh, just like you, of having it feel like you are straight out of the indie circuit sometimes because – we talk about how NXT is developmental, but sometimes that crisp look of full sale, it, it feels so WB. You don't feel like you're getting anything, really. It just feels like this is just kind of an undercard kind of thing sometimes. I want to feel like we are at the high school and watching these guys go at it crazy in at, at a basketball gym. Or I, I just I want to see them. And a place that, it, like you said, uh, like they have here in this setting where everybody is so squashed together, you're all around the ring, it feels something special. You know, I, I, it's kind of funny. I always watched Tribute for the Troops and really enjoyed it because it was outdoors. It felt very special. It was just this whole different setting. I loved it, and, and I still do when they do those. So I think NXT every week, like you're saying here, if you give us a little variety of setting, it makes you feel like, man, I'm watching something special. This is really cool. And for the, I'll be honest with you, Paul. There's a lot of those fans out there who have the WWE Network who'll pop in and watch NXT because they feel like, oh, look, cool, look at me. I'm kind of doing like the guys on the internet that do i'm peeking in and what's going on and they, they these are the names i have no idea and if they get that same feel of this is different i think they may watch more often i know i would if i was one of those guys because i used to be one of them back in the 90s i used to oh man this is different bash at the beach you can't i i couldn't wait to watch bash at the beach because they're having <laughs> a freaking match on a beach can't get i'm i'm in yeah so it's different it is it, it absolutely it, um a great example that I can think of that you can easily go back and find on the network too is is early episodes of Raw, them doing it out of ballrooms and really small arenas. And, and sure, certainly they're more geared towards a wrestling event than, say, you're watching a Ring of Honor show and they're in an armory somewhere or, or something like that. Or, or take it to an even smaller level and, and you watch like a promotion like Beyond or, or PWG where they're in Legion Halls or... Um, you know, Shriner Halls or something like that, where they're in these more confined spaces. And it just, it feels so unique. Uh, and especially buildings like the Aztec Theater here, which really, I feel like, has a lot of character to it. It just makes it feel so much cooler. So, um, I, I mean, this is totally a side point to everything, but I, I just, I, I really, really like that. I'd love for them to do this more often. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think we totally agree. And let's hope that they do that. I think, uh, like we've mentioned, it, it's going to be a great idea. Yeah. Uh, they, however, do not waste any time, though, to dive straight into the action. Uh, it should be mentioned that there is no Nigel McGinnis on commentary this week. It's just Morrow and Percy, uh, which I'm kind of interested to get your take on. I found it fine, honestly, because Percy actually felt like he served a purpose other than just sort of talking out of his uh, out of his butt. Because uh, he'll just sort of <laughs> pop in on regular episodes where there's all three of them. He'll just be, oh, yep, that's a thing, and then... He disappears. Uh, so <laughs> he's the odd man out. Yes, right. I mean, he, he's the definitely the third wheel, and you feel bad for him sometimes. But it, it's nice, like you're saying, to get him actually involved on a more regular basis. He doesn't feel like that third wheel, and he actually has some things to say that do matter and give you insight of what you know it is like to be in the ring. And, and 
it's just it's cool to see him have that opportunity. He definitely needs it. And you know, this is may not be an all the time thing, but hey, I'm just proud of the guy that he he gave. I think a pretty good performance here. Uh, so I, I'm happy for the guy. I think once we got past the street profits, he was really good because he he sort of stuck to the script of. Just being like this is sort of where I wish there was a very definitive heel commentator to get onto him about not being impartial or anything like that. Because I, I mean, if Percy is a legitimate fan of the Street Profits, and that's great, but it it doesn't come off that way to me. And it maybe just be because I'm so jaded by WWE and how they present things to you. But you know, obviously the Street Profits are African American, and Percy Watson is African American, and it feels like that is the only connection that they have and that WWE wants to push. It's not that they come from the same sort of lifestyle or anything like that. It's just like, oh, it's the same thing you get on WWE TV where, hey, this guy's black and this guy's black. Let's make them friends. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I get that there's a cultural thing I might never understand there too, but it, it never feels like they're, you know, connecting in that fashion. It's just they're black. Be friends. Yeah, and, you know, and that's very much a Vince McMahon kind of thing, right? I mean, a WWE thing in general, and I, I think it is kind of funny, the stereotypical things that they throw in there. Yeah, Hey, you know, you're the same color. You should be best friends, and right. it, it's just so strange. I mean, uh, it's kind of funny, too, because you don't do it with other people, really. It's just kind of the African-Americans. Um, but in general, I mean, I don't think it really hurts anything, but you're right. It kind of stays out and you kind of kind of back away from it i know i do i kind of don't really care for it as much but i think me i kind of think it sometimes i'm in the minority on that but apparently i'm not mm-hmm. uh as for the match here the street profits are terrific i thought this match was uh much better as far as what we got on the week before the takeover uh special uh on that episode of nxt everything smelt felt much smoother i thought tino and riddick actually looked much much better uh, as far as not only their teamwork, but just as far as their work in the ring. And the Street Profits are just fun, and they end up getting a win here with the uh, with the nice uh, spine buster into the frog splash from, uh, from Montez Ford to get them the victory. Yes, and, you know, I think this kind of cements that, you know, they really want the Street Profits to be something really special. I, we've been talking about that week in and week out. I'm not saying anything brand new, but I think right here against a couple of guys, I, I really still feel like they want to be something in Moss and Sabatelli. They're willing to, to put those guys aside so these two guys can move on and Street Profits can move on to, to I, I think you'd say – tag teams on a different level in NXT. And so we'll see. Um, but I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think the Street Profits definitely are the guys with the momentum. They have a lot to offer. We, we talk about this too, week in and week out. Yes, they're African-American, but they do reach a certain demographic, right? right. right. The, the, there are wrestling fans out there who are just like the Street Profits that really, you know, kind of feel like that they they live and breathe through them, just like the New Day. And I'm not trying to get racial on people. I'm just being very honest. That This is an awesome opportunity for us to have people, other than the Caucasian Americans out there who get to root their champions on. This is an opportunity. We get teams like the Street Profits who are very real, very, very real to their culture. And I think that's really cool. I, I'm really, honestly, ready to see who they get a chance to face off against next. And Sabatelli and Moss, keep going at it. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I agree with you entirely. The Street Profits, they're just a fun act. I think they're enjoyable really no matter 
what walk of life you come from, but they, they do feel like they are a representation, if maybe a little exaggerated, of, of a demographic that WWE uh, doesn't always get a chance to reach. And, and for that, I do uh, applaud them on that front. And like you said, Cybertalia Moss, I st- they have some ways to go, but they're, they're, they are clearly improving, at least as far as their tag team work goes, because they looked really good in this. So hats off to them as well. Uh, moving on, we get to see some footage of uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven challenging Pete Dunne to a tag team match after his successful title defense on the previous episode. Uh, and they bring up the fact that Dunne left Wolf Gang behind to get attacked by the Undisputed Era. They weren't a fan of that. They're ready to get some revenge for their fallen brother. And this leads us to an interview with uh, Mark Andrews, who is uh, Pete Dunne's teammate for the evening. And he says that he isn't doing this to be Pete Dunne's friend or anything like that. He's doing it uh, because him and Dunne have a deal worked out where if they win the match tonight, he will become the number one contender to the UK Championship. And I am all about that idea because Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne had an absolutely killer match earlier this year during that tournament for the champion or last year. Wow. Uh, for the championship. Oh, yeah, that was definitely one of those highlights. And I'm telling you. It, it was really kind of exciting for me to hear that those two guys are going to tag team, you know, team up for this tag. Uh, to me, in a, in a way, it's it's a super tag. But we'll talk, we'll get more into the tag match and, and get into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we also get this nice, not, uh, excuse me, nice hype video for Lars Sullivan as we get to watch him murder everybody. His path to destruction is just beginning, according to him. And then we get to see Kyrie Sane take on Peyton Royce. You know, this is, uh, it's fun. It's fine for what it is. I really enjoy Peyton Royce. Her mannerisms in the ring are just top-notch. Kyrie's still just sort of Kyrie, which is great, right? I mean, it's not like she's been around very long. And she, I feel like she's getting better at sort of turning the corner of going from sweet Kyrie Sane walking to the ring and being a pirate to I'm going to freaking kill you and about to drop the pe- uh, a hat. <laughs> And that's exactly what I wanted to see. You know, I, you heard me, I don't know if it's last week or the week before, I kind of said I'm still not into Kyrie Sane just yet because I've heard a lot about her more aggressive side and I understand that she kind of likes the gimmick of being a sailor. But, uh, you know, it's not as sold to me, I think, as people have watched her on her stardom career and all that. So I think this is really a start to that. And, boy, that aggressiveness is real. And I want to see more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, I, I mean, more iconic duo in my life would also be a great thing as well. So let's, oh, let's get yeah. that going. <laughs> uh, you know, I always talk about when we do our Ring of Honor shows, let's talk about those. I always say the Young Bucks are money, but you know what? The Dynamite duo are pretty money themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we get a recap as well of the women's match from the previous episode of Ruby Riot and Sonya Deville. Apparently, however, they are not quite done with their feud in NXT. They're going to have a no-holds-barred match on next week's show, which which I'm kind of excited for after their last engagement, uh, so that, that should be cool. Uh, and then we get to uh, see Almas winning the NXT Championship once again, as well as Drew getting checked out by doctors, and they sort of dive into his injury a little bit. Uh, so uh, we know at least Drew was done for the rest of this year, uh, for however much is left of it, plus some of the beginning of next year which uh, is a bit of a bummer uh, because there were a lot of reports going around that Drew was apparently slated to get called up. 
and now that's not going to happen, and he might be stuck in NXT for a while longer, or, you know, stuck, I use very loosely, because I think it's a place where pretty much everybody would like to be <laughs> at this point. In time, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, there's mixed reactions, I think, to that, and, and for me, uh, my mixed reaction for myself would be, I want Drew McIntyre to do what he wants to do, and that is go to the main roster and be back in that mix and, you know, strive to be where he once was going to be promised to be, and that was at the top of the mountain, to be WWE champion, to even maybe even be a future Universal champion. I want that to happen, but staying in NXT is not a punishment. This is a place where he can really showcase what he's about, really prove to them that, hey, you know, you need to take me out of NXT and put me in a high level straight from NXT and not just throw him in the mid card or throw him in somewhere where, hey, earn it again, kid. I I think uh, for me to say that, you know, he's going to have to have some great things following this injury, but I think they'll do it. And And I think maybe we don't have to wait till another WrestleMania. We may get this guy back and, from a year from now, we may actually be seeing him debut in WWE. It doesn't have to be at WrestleMania or even the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, and really, I'd, I'd honest to God, just love it if they had a plan for some of these people that they keep calling up, like they seem to have, at least with all the uh, NXT women call-ups they just did, because this seems like the creation of something rather big that's going to launch that division to another level, which I'm super excited for, but... You know, people get called up uh, from NXT all the time. They don't always have a great plan laid out for them. So, uh, you know. Ask Rude and Dillinger. Yeah, Dillinger. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even Rude, I I have. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. Uh, But uh, Robbie Rude is another guy that I think that they kind of have a plan, but I don't think they have a full scale plan for him. Mm -hmm. And and I'm concerned about that. I think age definitely had something to play in that, too. Some of these guys are signing, they're kind of late in their careers, and. It's more like have your cup of coffee in NXT, figure it out, and then get on TV quick because you don't have a ton of time left. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. That's what I'm worried about. But, you know, hey, it's for me personally, any of these guys getting called up from NXT that do have those years on their record, and it, it, as much as I want to see them do the things that they did in other companies, just got to be happy. Like, you know, what we saw when we saw Double uh, uh, A, um, oh, Austin Aries. Yeah. Austin Aries, you know, hey, at least he got a chance, and that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, he did get a chance. So uh, let, let's dive into this main event of Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven taking on Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews, uh, which, if you follow the UK scene, isn't maybe the most unheard of pairing, seeing as they both own Attack Pro Wrestling over there in Wales. Uh, they've had a long history against each other there, as well as across the UK as well, so... Uh, and, and, of course, Pete Dunne and, and Mustache Mountain make up British Strong Style over there in Progress Wrestling. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of interconnectedness outside of the WWE here. And th- this is just terrific. It's physically impossible, Gary, for Pete Dunne to have a bad match. I, I'm just going to say, it's physically impossible. Uh, and it helps that, of course, Mark Andrews and Mustache Mountain are just incredible together as well. But, I mean, uh, halfway through the match, Mark Andrews does a Hurricane Rana into Pete Dunne. Uh, flinging Tyler Bate into him, and he, they do a sit-out powerbomb out of that, which is just one of the most incredible spots I might have seen the, this year. It's so cool. Uh, Bate ends up, however, getting the victory here with the Tyler Driver 97, maybe setting up for another rematch there, which I am all kinds of down for. And in the post-match, you have Mark Andrews sort of try to commiserate with Pete Dunne that, hey, man, we lost, but it's going to be okay, and Dunne, being the man that he is, 
absolutely knocks his block off with a forearm and then poses with the championship after putting him down with the bitter end to sort of maybe send us home happy. It certainly sent me home happy. I, I don't know about everybody else. Yeah, I, I mean, if you don't like Pete Dunne because he's a bad guy, I can understand you're not happy. But I, I love Pete Dunne. I don't care if he's a good guy, bad guy. He's a duck. I love the guy. <laughs> he can be whatever he wants to be, you know. So I, I think you're right on cue on that. And, yes, that was an amazing spot. Oh, my God. I, they just need to make a meme of that, you know, just so you can post it on things. Look, what's this about? Oh, just watch it. Uh, but, you know, for me personally, I think that there's so much talent in the ring in this match. You can't help but really, really enjoy it. A great main event for this episode of NXT. And you once again get a chance to see how much they really like Tyler Bate. And I think everyone should like Tyler Bate because he has really been impressive. There's a reason he was the UK champion at the beginning to start the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I love this guy at such a young age. Him and Dunn together is just magic. It, there's something about those two guys together. And, you know, honestly, the, the foil to Pete Dunn is Tyler Bates, so that's great. Much down mountain and all that stuff works out well for him, too. So all, all this stuff is, is going well. And Mark Andrews, just a super talented guy, a, a guy that we have to just continually say to ourselves, why aren't we seeing him more? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Why are we getting more Mark Andrews? But at least we got a little bit of him here and look to see more of him because this is going to be a thing. And a thing that I am very excited about seeing Pete Dunn and Mark Andrews going to battle again. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait whether that happens at the takeover uh, out in Philly that they've been hyping up across this last show, which they did like three trailers for at least when I was watching, which was cool because i don't think they really ever get enough behind takeovers early enough at times um maybe it happens there maybe it doesn't either way uh basically the lesson to take away from this episode kids is that pete dunn rocks and um if you don't believe that you should get on that train right now <laughs> uh, I, I, i'm right there with you i'm i'm, I'm like, like right there in the engineer's booth right now on the pete dunn train so um <laughs> But I'm going to say this. When you said, you know, understand that P. Dunn rocks, I just keep thinking of that. You know, remember that uh, Drew, Drew Carey show and Cleveland Rocks? Let's just change the lyrics. We need to make a song. Pete Dunn rocks. <laughs> All the little kids with the fifties and the Pete Dunn rocks. <laughs> well, we'll have to work on that. Anybody who's in a band, please make this happen because I suck. So, um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, but what a great conclusion, Paul, yeah. to another episode of NXT. And, of course, our review for NXT. This is a great way to end the show, talking about the glorious greatness of P. Dunn. Uh, we will be back next week with some more NXT, and we're really looking forward to it. There's a lot of great things coming up in this whole brand, and it's going to be brilliant to kind of see where we do go from here. Uh, but, yes, we, of course, had a lot of fun tonight. If you want to go check out all our other great shows that we've done, though, we need to make sure you go do that and check out W2Mnet.com. That's where you get not only this podcast, but all the other great reviews that we do, along with all the other great podcasts on the W2Mnet.com family. So go check it out there. If you want to get a podcast form, make sure you just go subscribe, rate, and review at Wrestling to the Max or the W2M Network. Once you do that on whatever platform, platform you use 
iTunes. Heck, I mean, some people are using iHeartRadio, even YouTube. Just go hit that subscribe button. You get it all in one place, and you'll never miss an episode. So please go do that now. Don't forget to do that. Give some love to 411mania.com and last one on ProWrestling.com while we're at it. Both are great sites. Go check them out. Trust me. Great reading material, great shows, all the stuff there, too. You don't want to miss a minute of the action over there. And, of course, uh, don't forget to go check out our episodes of Wrestling to the Max that we put out every week. We're going to be doing a part two. So as you're listening to this, I'm sure it's already available for you guys. Go check out part two of this week. We're going to be getting into some Impact Wrestling. We'll be also talking about some big news topics and crowning a superstar of the week so you don't want to miss a minute of that episode either a lot of cool stuff so for myself and for mr paul leaser we will catch you guys down the road have a good one guys the following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment